0: To Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Kingdom Come. We are glad you're tuning in from wherever you are, and we believe that God has a word and he's going to bless your life. Today we want to talk about the significance of a pure heart. Why pursue a pure heart? Why pray for it? Why go through the trouble? Because I'm going to show you. God has declared through scripture that without it, we cannot ascend into the heavens. God has shown us that without it, we are not allowed in his dwelling place. So if we think that it is of great importance, and I believe it is, Then it's worth pursuing, and I will show you later, how do we pursue this in our everyday life? How do we cultivate this lifestyle? Because it's not a one-time experience. You know, you got saved, I got saved, and we had this experience when God gave us a new heart. And for a while there, we wanted what God wants. We are shunning anything that was evil. And we were passionate. We were reaching out to the neighbors. And we are going to everybody and their neighbors and talking to them about Jesus. Because your heart was fresh and was new. And it was filled with everything that was good. But because you live in this world, and the world is polluted, is corrupt... There are so many evil things around you. They begin to come into this new heart. And all of a sudden, the passion that was there for God, all of a sudden, the the excitement and enthusiasm and, and the joy and the peace that you had from this new found relationship with your Messiah, with Yeshua, Jesus, your new husband, now is growing cold. Why? Because we are in this world. But you see, because we believe that it's so important for us to not only have a pure heart, but we have to maintain it until Jesus comes. You see, that's why, you know, the Bible talks to us about the virgins. You know, some were wise and some were not so wise. And some had their lamps with oil and some did not have enough oil. Why? That gives you the parallel of two people, two believers. They are waiting for the bridegroom. They are waiting for the Messiah. But others think, well, uh, we'll do whatever we can. and, uh, And they don't plan for the future. But then the wise, they even took extra oil. Just in case the bridegroom tarried. You see, because the Bible tells us that nobody knows the time or the hour. So which means... As part of our everyday existence in this world and in the body of Christ, we are to be ready. But we cannot be ready because the prerequisite, as I'm going to show you, of entering into the dwelling place of the almighty God, of entering heaven, is holiness. Or in other words, put a pure heart. And so if we think it is not of that great importance, it's not only really a bad notion on our part, but also it robs our hearts of that internal necessity because it is so vital to you and I to pursue this. But why? Number one, we pursue a pure heart or holiness because... So that we may glorify God. And I'll give you some other reasons. But to me, that's the chief reason why we should pursue a pure heart. God tells us that in order for us to be his sons and daughters in the earth and represent him well, we have to look like him. We have to act like him. And so when we have seen somewhere in our hearts It hinders his nature. It hinders the manifestation, the release of his character and his nature in us. As I shared with you last week, you see the works of the flesh and the spirit, uh, the fruit of the spirit cannot live in the same house. You see, you cannot serve two masters and a house divided cannot stand against each other. So there we already have a divided heart because one side wants this and one side wants this. And that's why I believe God led me to talk about this because it's so important so that we have the fruit of the Spirit ruling and reigning supreme in our hearts on an everyday exist basis because God wants much more for us. But in order that we may glorify God, that is the number one reason. In order that God may be glorified in us, in order that Jesus, the Lamb of God who was slain, That he may receive the glory, the praise, the power, the honor, and the worship, and the adoration that he deserves for his suffering. But it's only going to happen when we are not only yielded to him, but when we are pursuing. We are living a life of trembling of fear and trembling before a holy God, knowing that only him can cleanse us. But he has made the provision for that to happen. And that's why I want to emphasize this: that we pursue a clean heart because God wants the glory out of you. He wants glory out of your life. You see, He did not save you just so you become a church member. That is good, but He did not save you that you become a church member. That comes on Sunday and give you tithe and offering and we see you again next Sunday. No, he saved you so that you may be the incarnation of his son on planet earth. That when you move the kingdom of God moves. That when you speak heaven is speaking. When you touch people, God is touching someone why because you are his hand and you are his feet and you are his eyes and mouth and if God is ever gonna go glory in this earth he has to use someone and his looking looking for a people that have consecrated themselves unto him and they are pursuing the very nature that describes him as a holy God. And as we come to that realization. That only God can cleanse an unclean heart. Only God can purify us. Only God can prepare the church. For the bride of Christ. To come and take his bride. I'm telling you. When we realize that this is the message of the hour. And this is the need of the church. To get the unclean things out of the church. So that the clean things will come in. So that the kingdom of God. See, Jesus prayed, and he said this in this model, pray. Pray that the kingdom will come. And the will of heaven, the will of God, will be done upon the earth. You see, he also said that those who have a pure heart, they shall inherit the kingdom. He said in Matthew 5, 8, that those with a pure heart, they shall see God. So here, friend, there is a pattern here. There is a model here. He wants us to ascend in the heavenlies, in the spirit, in our prayer, in our fasting, in our ministry. He wants to live in a higher place where we release the kingdom of God to come and invade earth and transform earth. He wants to change humanity. He wants to save sinners and he wants to crush the head of the serpent. But I'm telling you, he's only going to do that if he has a people that are sold out to the character of holiness. To, oh, I'm so excited. He's looking for the people that are hungry for the very nature that makes God. Oh, he's looking for a people who will say, hey, it doesn't matter to me what's going to cost me because I want God and I want all of God. You see, I hear so many people talk about being near to God. Where did you get that? He says that if you love him uh, his, and you love his father, his father is going to love you and Jesus, him, and the Holy Spirit, they're going to come and make their abode in you. He is not talking about just, just scoot a little bit near to me. I just want to just be a little bit. Of, no, he wants all of you because he wants to make his abode in you. You see, this is the difference. He wants to make his home. He wants to make, he, to clothe himself with you. Oh, I love this. Judges chapter 6, verse 34 and 35. The Bible says this weakling by the name of Gideon. And and God calls him to go deliver his people. And he's like, I'm the least in the family. I come the smallest clan. What can I? And, And the Bible tells us, and the Holy Spirit clothed himself with Gideon. Now, this is what God wants to do with you and me. The Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to get this. His very name is Holy Spirit. And he's going to dwell and abide and work in a place that is holy. Because it is even his very name, his very nature. Okay. So, I have heard many people say, Well, God, we need a little bit of sin to keep us in humility, humble. Oh. That's the lie from the pit of hell. Because then if it was going to take sin to make us humble, then a lot of sin will make us a lot of, <laughs> so humble. So there will be so much humility in the world. But that's not the case. That's the lie of the enemy. Oh, this is my cross, I bet. This is this little sin God is teaching. He's not teaching you anything. You are hogging the sin. You are holding on to it. You are accepting it to be a part of you. You see, and if God is going to get the glory, listen to this. God himself sent his son. Why? So that the son may destroy the works of the enemy. And what are the chief works of Satan? It's called sin. Okay? That's why God came to destroy sin by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3, verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Now listen to this. For this purpose, for this why. The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And that work of the devil begins with sin. Because without sin, there won't be no sickness. There will not be all these other things. But because sin came into the world and all the other darkness came with it. And so when we talk about destroying the works of the devil, yes, we, most of the time we talk about sickness and, 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 and all the deliverance that needs to happen in people's lives. That's great, but you know what? If we can get seen out of our lives, sickness will begin to dissipate. Now, I'm not saying that all sickness will go just because you repented and you got a clean heart. There were people that were holy that had some infirmities in their lives. But I'm telling you, the devil works where he's given the room. Okay, where well, sin is allowed to come and operate and occupy, the devil is the chief, is the owner, is the lord of that house. You see? That's why Jesus said, if, if you commit sin, you are of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. You see, the devil's children glorify him by being sinful. Okay? And the children of God glorify him by being holy. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. This is what he says, the word of God. It's a command, but it's not a suggestion. It's a command. He says, but as he which has called you is holy... Okay, you're a believer, you're a child of God, doesn't matter if you got born again yesterday, you you are called into this family. But the word of God says that he who calls you is holy. And so he commands and he says, so be ye holy in all conversations. Because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. This is a command for us to be holy for he is holy there's no getting around to it you see we pray most of the time Lord I want to be like you or oh, I want to be more like you prove it seriously he says if you want to be like me I've said I've laid it out there it's that no, it's no rocket science just be holy if you want to be like me be holy for I am holy okay Listen to Jesus' prayer in First John, uh, John 17, verse 1. It's the gospel of John chapter 17, verse 1. He, he says, glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. You see, Jesus' why was to do the will of God. Now he's saying, glorify me so that I may glorify you. The reason God served you is that he may receive the glory. The reason he's cleansing you and the reason he's washing you and perfecting you in love is so that he may receive the glory. So that you may best glorify him in all things. Not just some things, not on Sunday mornings. Not when other believers are around. As a matter of fact, you glorify him out there when nobody's looking. When nobody's looking, you're not going to get any credit. Nobody's going to pat you on your back. That's the opportunity to say, okay, God, I'm going to prove it that I want to be like you. You've been singing and we've been, you know, praying. But do we really believe that pursuing a pure heart is that important? Because I'm telling you, it's the same to uh, to sing a lie than to tell a lie. And I'm telling you, we have sung so many lies in the church. And we have told somebody. We are, we sing a lot of them just to be like you. But then when we are confronted with that very thing that God would want out of our lives, oh no, not that far. Not when it's going to cost me that. That interferes with my business. That interferes with my life. And he said, then you're not ready. You have sung a good song, but you're not ready to walk it out. Listen friend. God wants the glory. And for me, that is the chief reason why we should seek a pure heart. Number two, is because the heart rules the world. Yes, it does. You know, a Solomon tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible talks a great deal about the heart and that, that God your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it flows the issues of life. But again, what is the heart? The heart is the affections. You know, in Colossians 3 verse 1, it told us, set your, you have to shift the, 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 the focus of your affection because your, your, your affections rule the world. You see, men that move the wheels of progress, they are those men that have given themselves to something. Whether it's bad, whether it's good, but they have given the, why? Because we are ruled by two passions, either the bad ones or the good ones. Or the bad affections or the good affections. Amen? So, many people say, and I've had this, that knowledge is power. And that is true. But you know what? It even has greater power. <laughs> it's the heart. It's love. But you see, love cannot flourish out of a heart that is still housing the works of the flesh. Then it's a divided heart. But you see, the heart that is given over to the, to the passions of, of love and of peace changes the world. But also we have other hearts that are changing the world in a bad way. Why? Because the heart rules the world. The other day we were watching the news and, and, and my wife is saying, wow, so many horrible things going around the world. Why, why, can, why could somebody do something like that? And I say, honey, it's because he needs a clean heart. Why would somebody say, because the moment somebody's heart gets clean, they will stop doing those things. But they are only doing because out of their heart is flowing what we see in Iraq. What we see in all, all around us. The turmoil and all the wars. It's because people's hearts need to be get set on the things that are pure and holy. Amen. So this is one of the reasons we should pursue a pure heart. Because the heart rules the world. So as a man thinks in his heart. So are you. Your affections, really your affection determine what you give yourself to. Someone that covets will give himself to pursuing money, foregoing all the other things that he's giving up in the process of achieving his goal. Why? Because he just loves money. And he, they, he is giving himself to that. Somebody who is pursuing righteousness is going to give himself to the things that are right, that are holy, that are pure. And you're going to see those things manifest by the way that person is living their lives. And so somebody who covets a pure heart, the righteousness of God, he's going to forego the things that the world is offering so that he may get a hold of the righteousness and the holiness of God. You see, that is the difference. Men are moved to action more by what they love than by what they know. Put that in your spirit. Tell me what a man loves the most and I will tell you what he will do every time. You see, when God begins to birth this hunger for this pure heart and the holiness of God, you're going to be consumed. And that's going to reflect in what you do every day. That's why I call this pursuing. That's why I call this a lifestyle. And, and, and Jesus said to me, you've got to call my people back. And I wondered because I thought, first of all, Maybe he's talking to sinners, but then when he said, no, go call my ecclesia. And as I saw people turning away from the faith, then it clicked. It is those in the ecclesia, those that name the name of the Lord, that are living between the lines. They haven't committed where they belong. You cannot be of the world, and you cannot be of the kingdom of God. They don't work. And he said, I am coming soon, and I want you to call them back. Not to just come to church, he's calling you back to the standard that he is. He's calling you back to his character, to the fruit of the spirit, to righteousness and holiness in the Holy Spirit. You see, beloved, when the nature of God, and I believe holiness is the highest attribute of God, when that consumes us, it's going to manifest in what we do in our churches. What you do with your money, what you do with your time, what will you, you do with all the gifts and the resources God has given you? Why? Because what you love is going to reflect in what you give yourself to and what you do every day. Period. So God, he's saying, I want you to have a clean heart. He lays it out there. It's like an invitation. I said, blessed, are you looking for blessing? Blessed are those with a pure heart They will see me. Blessed are those with a pure heart. They shall inherit the kingdom of God. Are you looking for happiness, beloved? (laughs) Happiness is not in having a little bit of church. See, it's not having a little bit of religion just to make us good people, just good enough. Not to be like the other people, like you know, the Pharisee he, who came to pray uh, and he's, he's boasting to God how he's not like the other people, and then the publican came and he said, Have mercy on me, a sinner, as he beat his chest. Oh, uh, who do you think left a saint, and who do you think left a sinner? The publican came, he knew that he was a sinner and he needed a clean heart, but the religious man. The Pharisee came and he was not even praying, just preaching to God, boasting about, oh, I thank you for all these wonderful things that I'm not like the other people. And the man who was on the floor left a saint because he was crying out, God, I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to create in me a clean heart. Forgive my sins. And the Bible says, and God granted his request. He left a saint and the Pharisee left a sinner because he had sin or pride in his heart that he needed to get rid of. Oh, beloved, this is good. Proverbs 4, verse 23. I'm going to leave you with this scripture. He says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Keep your heart. Other versions say guard it. You have to put a fence around it. You can only li- allow the works of the flesh and the, 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 the things of this world creep into your heart. You cannot, in a, when I talk about heart, I'm talking about that, those affections. You cannot allow the world to pull you th- its side with its affections because it's going to pull your affections that side and you have to say no and you have to go before God. And only God can clean the heart, but only God can help us achieve this clean heart, but also He can help us maintain this heart. So uh, before we pray, I want to ask you Is your life glorifying God? What have you given yourself to? I encourage you to ask yourself those things. What have you given yourself to? Are you guarding your heart? Are you giving yourself fully to God and separating yourself from the world? Father, I pray for the word to be illuminated by your spirit. I pray for conviction and I pray for repentance, for turning from the sins of this world back to you. And I pray for a heart that is hungry to be granted the request thereof. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Watch this broadcast here on UA Network every Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. To watch on our website, receive prayer, to give, or to request a copy of Andrew's book, Working the Works of God, please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you. Next time on Kingdom Come.
1: He demands, He commands that we be holy. Okay? You see like an honest man would want to have honest kids. You see? So does a holy God wants to have a holy people. A holy church, a holy generation of sons and daughters that look look like him and talk like him and walk like him and do actually the greater works of God.